Real-Time Fantasy Sports, and welcome to another edition of the Real-Time Fantasy Sports Podcast. On today's show, I'm going to be joined by Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports, and we're going to help you get ready for Week 12 of the fantasy season. Before I get to that, I just wanted to mention that Adam Wainwright's charity, St. Louis Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright, his charity Big League Impact, and our site is hosting a Turkey Bowl shootout. It's free to enter, and you have a chance to win an autographed bat from Adam Wainwright, as well as an entry into our postseason shootout contest. We just encourage everyone to donate and play. All proceeds from this will go directly to charities to help Puerto Rico hurricane relief. So this is a great cause and a chance to win an autographed bat from Adam Wainwright, as well as get a shout-out from him on Twitter, and also an entry into our postseason shootout contest. These are for the games on Thanksgiving Day. You pick a lineup, and the team that finishes first overall wins. You can do so by going to our homepage at rtsports.com and click on the Turkey Bowl shootout link in the front in the center of the page. I really encourage everyone to sign up. Again, it's free to sign up, but we would love for everybody to donate to help the Puerto Rico Puerto Rico Hurricane Relief Fund. This is being put on by Big League Impact, and also our our site, Real Time Fantasy Sports, is running the contest, and we're thrilled to be a part of it to help Adam Wainwright's charity. So go to rtsports.com and sign up for the Turkey Bowl Shootout. And now here's my interview with Curtis Guzman of Real Time Fantasy Sports. And I'm joined now by Curtis Guzman of Real Time Fantasy Sports. Once again, Curtis is my guest on the podcast this week. And we're going to help you get ready for week 12 of the fantasy season. Curtis, thanks again for being on with me this week. Appreciate it. Not a problem. Glad to be here. So it's Thanksgiving week. we got three games on Thanksgiving. Do you have any big traditions, uh, Thanksgiving traditions for you uh, when it comes to uh, that big holiday? Oh, nothing. Too special. Me and my dad usually just like to sit down, um, eggnog in the stores, favorite drink of mine, and just try to watch as many games as we can with all still mingling with the family. So nothing too big, but certainly be watching as much football as I can. Yeah, same here. I'm a big, uh, big Thanksgiving fan. Love the food that day. Love the football, and we get three games now, so it's all good for me. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the big day. So I, I want to get started with. Uh, couple questions for you before we get to the week 12 action and my first question for you is it seems like every year there's a guy down the stretch that maybe you know surprises people that might not be on the radars and makes a big impact down the stretch is there anybody like that for you this year I know for me a few years ago one thing that pops in my mind was Tyler Thigpen was actually my starting quarterback in a league that I won so he had a huge year with the Chiefs down the stretch. I don't know, it was probably about five, six years ago. So he's a guy that comes to mind for me when I when I ask this question to you. Do you have anybody like that for this year? Yeah, kind of narrowed down to two people who, you know, I can't say I'm super confident on these, but I can certainly see, you know, they've been improving each week. So uh, my first one is Texans wide receiver Bruce Ellington. Uh, in his past few games, he's combined for 15 targets, 10 receptions and over 100 yards. Um, Texans offense as a whole has obviously gone downhill a little bit with uh, injuries at Deshaun Watson, but the rapport between Ellington and quarterback Tom Savage seems to be growing. Uh, he's a good slot receiver, perfect for short yardage situations, um, and could become maybe the favorite target or at least the second favorite target behind DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Wolf Fuller is questionable uh, for the Monday night game, and you know, he's that big, deep threat receiver that 
just doesn't seem like he's going to get a lot of usage going forward with Savage and the quarterback now. So I, I like Bruce Ellington's potential going forward, and then another one I like is the 49ers wide receiver Marquise Goodwin. Uh, he's the de facto number one receiver now since Peter Gerson's out for the season. He's had at least five receiving targets in seven out of ten games this year, so that's semi-consistent at least, and he's just a big play threat. Um, you expect the 49ers to be behind in a lot of games, so you could see him getting some garbage time points. And you think of him as, you know, kind of the big uh, go route, you know, gets a big play. But he is working on some of the other parts of the game. He's become a more consistent, uh, reliable option throughout the game. So I like those two guys. Yeah, I like Goodwin a lot, too. I think that that 49ers passing tack is a little underrated. They've had some success this year. So I like that call by you, Curtis. Uh, two guys on my radar. One guy I really like is J.D. McKissick with Seattle. He pretty much started that game last week, and he led the team in rushing. I know Russell Wilson had a lot more rushing yards than him, but McKissick still was the top running back to the team in that game, and he also had five catches. And even if he's not starting, he's going to be the third down back to that team. So I like his potential in a pass-first offense. I think he could be a difference difference maker for fantasy teams down the stretch. And another guy who's not starting right now but could be is Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, this is a guy I just can't see Case Keenum continuing his current play, especially with tougher matchups on the horizon. He plays Detroit this week and then a suddenly pretty good Falcons team the following week. So I would not be surprised at all if Bridgewater's starting in a week or two. So he's a guy I think could make a difference for fantasy teams down the stretch. So those are those are two of my guys that I think might be impactful players for fantasy teams the rest of the way. And another question I had for you, Curtis, is the Eagles right now, they're kind of going with a three-headed approach at running back with Corey Clement, LeGarrette Blount, and Jay Ajayi. Ajayi. Can all these guys help fantasy teams? I mean, is this just a situation you want to avoid, or do you think these guys are viable fantasy players going forward? Yeah, it's, it's quite a cluster back there, but I do think at least two of the three could have decent uh, fantasy value. Now, if I have to rank them, I go Jai and Corey Clement, and then McGarrett Plum. Uh, I think Ajay has been the most productive and just balanced between all three. You know, he can be helpful both in the run game and the pass. Uh, and he's showing off some some big explosive plays in his first two games with Philadelphia. Uh, Corey Clement continues to see the field, especially in passing situations. Uh, he has three touchdowns in his past two games, and. I mean, even overall during the season, you look at him as a runner. He has 4.3 yards per carry, so that's not bad either. Um, I rank LeGarrette Blount third. Um, maybe ironically, he did lead the Eagles in rushing attempts last week, but that was likely due to game flow. I mean, that was a blowout win for the Eagles, and certainly you could see Blunt kind of having like a closer role almost, help finish off lots of games and, and run the clock out. Could happen this week against the Bears potentially, but the rest of the schedule is a little more difficult. I just don't see Blunt getting work in those closer games. So I think Ajay is kind of maybe a mid-round running back two. Corey Clement's probably a solid flex play, but I don't think Blunt um, is probably worthy of starting most weeks. Yeah, I, I echo those sentiments, Curtis. That's how I rank them as well, and I kind of feel the same way about uh, what you said about them uh, also. My big thing, you kind of just mentioned it there, is game flow. You just don't know how these games are going to go, blowouts or close games, and that's going to dictate a lot of the touches for these guys. So for me, I think Ajayi is the favorite out of the three, but like you said, I wouldn't count on him as anything more than number two back. So 
it is a little bit of a concern going forward, but I do think these guys can help fantasy teams the rest of the way, but they might not help like fantasy owners would like them to. And on the flip side, we had the Eagles offense was similar to the Chiefs offense earlier in the year, just clicking, going on all cylinders. But right now, that Chiefs offense is in the dumps. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Uh, can you trust any of these guys, your fantasy teams going forward, or is this just a situation that, you know, is kind of spiraling out of control and guys you want to avoid using? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that was a real head-scratcher last week against the Giants. Um, I understand, you know, it's on the road, kind of windy conditions, but probably not an acceptable loss for most Chiefs fans. Uh, that being said, to be honest, I still think they're all, the, you know, the main guys that you trust. Um, you know, probably in the beginning, I think you can trust still going forward. I view Alex Smith, uh, quarterback, is still probably number one quarterback overall. The schedule, the schedule lines up a little bit going forward. Uh, he's coming off his worst game of the season, but in general, he's still been averaging nearly 23 points a, a game this year. So, I mean, that's pretty consistent for a quarterback. Kareem Hunt, definitely not the running back that we saw in the beginning of the season, um, but his last three games, which were his worst games of the series, still got over 10 points. So zero touchdowns in that span, um, which I guess goes to show you that at least he gets the volume. Um, so a sheer workload, I think, keeps him in maybe a low-end RB1, high-end uh, RB2 discussion. Um, again, not going to be that number one guy that we saw in the beginning of the season, but I think still a viable option. Tyron Travis Kelsey, he's a must-start, absolutely. He's been the most consistent over this little rough patch. He's the number one scoring fantasy tight end. He's had at least seven receptions in the past three games, and he has three touchdowns in the past four. So continue to play him going forward. I don't think there's any questions with him. And then maybe the biggest question I have is wide receiver Tyreek Hill. He's a little boomer bust. Um, probably should still be included in your lineup every week, though, I think. It depends on you know the other receivers you have, but I see him as a decent flex option at least. He has six receiving targets in all but one game this season, so just knowing how explosive he is, it takes that one big play for him to become fantasy relevant in a week. I'd still probably ride him in most matchups going forward. Yeah, I think the biggest issue for me is Alex Smith. I think that's the reason this offense is cool. He just hasn't played as well in recent weeks, and when he was on his game early in the year, that whole offense clicked, including the running game. So he needs to get going for that team to be clicking on all cylinders on on the offensive side of the ball, including the running game. But like you said, I'm not really giving up on all these guys. I, I have cooled my expectations a little bit. I still think Hunt can get going. Like you said, he gets a ton of ton of touches both in the running and passing game. And they have some decent matchups coming up, including the Bills, Jets, and Raiders the next three games. So those are all pretty good matchups on paper. So I think they can get going. Maybe not the level of earlier this year, but I still have some hopes for the Chiefs the rest of this season. I want to talk about the tight end position a little bit. So Julius Thomas and Jared Cook, I thought these were two very similar preseason players. There was some hype surrounding both of them, especially Thomas. There was all talks about him having a breakout year for Miami, but that hasn't really happened. But of late, both of them have been playing much, much better. They've been scoring some touchdowns, hitting the 100-yard mark, Cook has. Uh, so out of those two, which which do you like more going forward? Yeah, I mean, I was a believer in Julius Thomas as well. I thought that'd be a, a good uh, match for him reuniting with Adam Gase. Uh, kind of look at the past five games where you say Thomas has probably been heating up. He's averaging about 9.4 uh, points over those last five games. 
but the biggest reason for his increase is is the two touchdowns he's had. So I want to say his usage has drastically changed overall in the season. Yeah, he did have one good game, but in general, he's about good for typically four targets a game. And he only has two games this entire year with over 30-plus receiving yards. So could he get more involved? Yes, but I'm not quite convinced. Um, whereas you look at on the flip side, uh, Raiders tight end Jared Cook, in that same time span, the past five games, he has over 11 points average. And going over the year, he has uh, nearly 250 more receiving yards and 15 more receiving targets. So the thing with Jared Cook is he's not nearly as touchdown dependent. He gets a little more volume in the Raiders' offense. Um, he's obviously more yardage, and he's just been the more consistent option, I think. So between the two, shockingly, I, I didn't think I'd ever say this, but I would probably rely on Jared Cook more. Yeah, I'm the same way. I would give Cook the edge as well. I do think Thomas is a better red zone target. He just does better in that area, and they look his way more often than the red zones. Cook hasn't got a lot of red zone looks for Oakland, but like you said, he gets a lot more volume in the passing game, a lot more targets. He has 100-yard games, two of his last four, and he has at least two catches every game this season. So he's been getting more consistent work, and I probably trust him more in a better offense than Miami. So I would go with Jerry Cook as well. Now let's move on to week 12, Curtis. First question I want to ask you was about the waiver wire. There's still uh, a lot of waiver wires to be run tonight. Who's your top pickup for this week? Yeah, you touched on one of them early on, and that's uh, Seahawks running back J.D. McKissick. He's only owned in about 30% of leagues right now, but I think hopefully that will change after this week. I think he should be owned in nearly all leagues. Um, And really a lot of it's just by sheer opportunity. You look at the Seattle running back situation, which is – Quite a mess, you know. Chris Carson on IR, CJ Procise on IR, Mike Davis doubtful for this week. So, as you said, McKissick led the team in carries last week. It's the clear third down passing situation running back. Even if you know Thomas Rolls looks like he'll be re-entering the mix, it's a he was a healthy scratch last week. But I don't expect him to cut into McKissick's workload too much. So, I like McKissick, and then I also like Broncos running back Devontae Booker. He's owned in about 44% of leagues right now. Um, but last week he led all Broncos running backs in snaps against Cincinnati. Um, Broncos only play one team inside of the top 10 rushing defenses going forward. So that floats all for Booker's numbers. And you've seen Booker's workload increase each of the passing three games. So I think at this point you only view him maybe as a flex option, but you know maybe that could rise going forward as he continues to get uh, hot. Yeah, I had a. It was a toss-up for me for the, my top waiver wire pickup of the week. It was actually between Booker and Samaje Perrine of Washington, and I'm actually going to go with Perrine slightly over Booker. I like Booker a lot for all the reasons you mentioned, but Perrine's going to be getting his chance to start now with Chris Thompson out for the season, and he he actually hit the hundred yard mark last week for the first time in his career, so that was encouraging to me. He hadn't done a whole lot before that, but the Redskins have a good offense. He's going to get the goal line carries. Uh, so I think he has some potential maybe as a low-end number two-backer flex play the rest of this season. So I would definitely give him a look if he is still available in your leagues. And now for my now for our hot, cold, and sleeper plays for the week, Curtis. First one, give me a couple hot plays for week 12 of the fantasy season. Yeah, so my first one, uh, Texans running back Lamar Miller against the Ravens. Uh, Ravens actually do have a pretty good run defense, but this is, again, kind of like a touch-on with McKissick about opportunity. Fortunately, um, Texans backup running back, Bianca Foreman, ruptured his Achilles last week. He was coming off his best game, so it's kind of a shame, but 
given that, it's now Lamar Miller's role. You know, he should get the line share going forward. He's still capable of passing out option on the backfield. I think he got a pretty nice uh, receiving touchdown last week. And he's seen over 70 yards from scrimmage each of his past four games. So uh, for this weekend, for going forward, I do like Lamar Miller. But I also like 49ers tight end, or I'm sorry, Redskins tight end, uh, Vernon Davis against the Giants on Thursday. Uh, he is listed on the injury report as day-to-day, but he was a full participant yesterday, so he certainly was on track to play. Meanwhile, fellow Redskins tight end Jordan Reed did not practice, and it seems like he seems unlikely to play. So Giants rank absolutely dead last, allowing the most points to fantasy tight ends. And Vernon Davis, in Reed's absence, Reed's been out for the past three games. He's in at least six targets with at least 65 yards in each of those three games. So uh, Vernon Davis currently rising up uh, these past couple of weeks with Reed, Reed being out. Yeah, Davis has been awesome. It, it shocks me when I was writing my waiver wire story this week. He was still available in like 21% of leagues. It's probably changed now, but I'm still shocked by that because he's scoring like a legit number one tight end. So that's a great call on him. Uh, a couple of hot plays for me. I'll go with Matt Ryan uh, of Atlanta. He has four straight multiple touchdown games, which is great for him. And he has just two interceptions during that stretch. So he's really picked up his play after a slow start to the year. And he gets Tampa Bay this week. Tampa is dreadful against the pass. 31st overall against the pass and allow the second most fantasy points to QBs on the season. So I think Ryan will have a big, big day in this matchup. My other hot play uh, for this podcast is running back to Marco Murray. Murray's been very hit or miss this year. I think that's evident by his last two games. He had just 10 rushing yards last week, so that was awful. But the previous week, he had three touchdowns, so that's great. He's always capable of a big game. He plays the Colts this week. He scored against Indianapolis earlier this year, and he finished the game with 87 total yards, so that's a very good showing for him in that one. And Indy allows the eighth most fantasy points to running backs for the season. So I think Murray is set up for another good showing. One of his big weeks will be in week 12. And now for a couple cold plays, Curtis, who do you have on your bench for this week? Uh, So Lions running back, Amir Abdul, I think I own him in like three weeks three leagues, but I'll definitely be benching him in two. Um, plays the Vikings this week on Thursday. Uh, Vikings allow the third fewest points to running backs right now. And so while Duel's been pretty consistent, we've seen double-digit carries in every game this season. Uh, he still also ranks outside the top 20 in running backs. So he gets the touches, but he doesn't necessarily rack up points, and this is a very tough matchup against uh, Minnesota this week. And then another one I have is uh, Rams quarterback Jared Goff against the Saints. Um, the Saints still allow some decent yards for Kirk Cousins last week, but prior to that, the Saints had a four-week stretch of only allowing 15 or less fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. So Saints, just in general, they're probably the highest team in football. They control the ball with an impressive rushing attack that should keep golf on the sidelines for a lot. And golf's about a saver target now, Robert Woods. He's been officially ruled out for this week. So I think golf can have his hot weeks going forward still, but I don't know that I like it necessarily this week. Yeah, the Saints used to be a team that fantasy teams would target on a weekly basis, but now you want to avoid them. So really been a turnaround on that defensive side of the ball, and they're especially good good against a pass like you mentioned. So that is a concern for me as well, especially with Goff being without his number one receiver, Robert Woods, who actually has led fantasy receivers in scoring the last three games. So that's a huge loss for them, and I like that call as a cold play for this week, Curtis. So a couple cold plays for me. I'll give you two receivers. My first one is... Raiders receiver Amari Cooper, he had a huge game week seven, got everybody's hopes up. It's been pretty quiet since then. He did score a touchdown last week. 
but he had just 28 yards in that game. He has fewer than 60 yards three straight games. He gets to play the Broncos this week, a team that held him to two catches for nine yards in week nine. So that's an awful showing. I just don't see him doing much in this matchup. Denver allows the third fewest fantasy points to receivers on the season. So I would leave Cooper on my bench. Another receiver I would leave on my bench is Jets receiver Robbie Anderson. He has touchdowns four straight games. So everybody's probably excited about him, but he played the Dolphins, Falcons, Bills, and Bucks. Those are all pretty bad defenses. Uh, great matchups for him, so that's why he found the end zone. He has a much, much tougher game this week. Plays Carolina. Carolina is fourth against the pass. They've allowed 21 or fewer points four straight games, so that defense has been much better. So I would leave both those receivers on my bench for week 12. Now, I want to hear about a couple sleepers, Curtis. you got a couple guys that might be a little farther down the rankings that you think could do well this week. Yeah, the first one, uh, we've given this guy a lot of trouble in the past podcast, and I may regret it, but I'm going to go with Colts wide receiver T.Y. Hillen against Tennessee. Uh, we talked about his boomer bust potential. You know, he's he's had his three big games. What's ironic is in those three games where he's had over the 150 receiving yards, the Colts have won, and they've lost every other single game uh, this year. So you have to think they're coming off a bye week. They, they have to give T.Y. Hilton the ball and get him involved if they want a good chance to win. And the good news is Titans are a pretty good matchup to get the fifth most points to wide receivers. So, again, I could regret it, but I'm going to go with T.Y. Hillen as a flyer. And then my second one would be uh, Bears running back uh, Tariq Cohen against the Eagles. On paper, this probably looks like a pretty bad matchup. The Eagles are second against the run. But I do expect the Eagles to run away with it probably early on, and that's where Cohen comes in. He's a high volume in the passing game. And he did have a pretty good uh, game last week. He got back on track against Detroit, uh, had nine carries for 44 yards in the touchdown. So hopefully he can keep that going in a game where the Bears can fall behind pretty quickly. You know, that's, that's their goal well for Cohen. I hope you're right about Hilton because I have him in several of my leagues, and I think I'm going to use him. So hopefully that comes to fruition. A couple sleepers for me. I'm going to go with Tyrod Taylor. He gets the start again in Buffalo after last week. I mean, Nathan Peterman, that was just disastrous. That might have been the worst start I've ever seen from an NFL quarterback. I mean, unbelievable. I don't know what the Bills were thinking there, but Taylor returns to the lineup. He scored two touchdowns in relief last week. He has multiple scores, three or four games, so he has been producing for fantasy teams, whether or not the Bills like what he's doing on the field. He's been doing it for fantasy teams, so don't hold uh, what the Bills are saying against him. For fantasy purposes, he still has a place on fantasy teams, especially this week against Kansas City. They allow the six most fantasy points to quarterbacks on the season, and they rank just 28th overall against the pass. So I think Taylor, he's going to do well in this matchup. And a receiver that I think could could surprise you is, is uh, Mike Wallace. He has touchdowns two straight games, so he's starting to heat up a little bit after doing next to nothing uh, the first half of the season. He has at least four catches in those last two games as well. So, He's starting to get the ball a little more, and he gets to play Houston this week, who's dead last against the pass, and they allow the fourth most fantasy points to receivers on the season. So Wallace is out there, available in a lot of leagues, and I think he could help fantasy teams in week 12. So those are my two sleepers for this week. Curtis, great stuff again. Thanks a lot for being on with me this week. I wish you a very happy Thanksgiving and enjoy the games on the big turkey day. Thanks. Absolutely, and happy Thanksgiving to all our listeners, and hopefully you get to have some good football to watch. So thanks for having me on. All right, thanks, Curtis.
And that was my interview with Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. This has been Jeff Power, Senior Writer for Real-Time Fantasy Sports. I want to wish everyone a very happy Thanksgiving and good luck in all of your Week 12 games. Have a great day, everyone.